Reading from Genesis chapter 28. Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for a night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to the heavens. And the angel of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Romans. Brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that he may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own, of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved, now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Another parable Jesus put before the crowds. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, 
Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the weed along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the weed into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and the disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. The words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Many of us know what it's like to live a life on the run. Hectic schedules, kids with school, sports, dance, music, chaos with the in-laws, or maybe that nephew or brother or sister, forgetting I need cloves and not cinnamon while I'm trying to cook and having to go to the store. The list goes on. We continually measure our life by the check marks on our daily to-do list. A favorite phrase of many, as soon as I get caught up, I'll blank. We never seem to get caught up. For too many of us, we are running away from something, running from our past, trying to escape guilt, regret, failure, disappointment. For some, it's running from pain and brokenness of life. We desperately want to leave behind the parts of life that we dislike. Then there are those that are running for something, a new job, a new relationship, a search for answers and for knowledge. What is life? Where am I? What is my purpose? Some are chasing youth during a midlife crisis. I know it's out there. I just got to keep running and I'll find it. Lastly, there are those that run just to run for sport or pleasure, Terry. <laughs> this absolutely eludes me. <laughs> Getting up before dawn to run. If you feel so inclined to do this, at least stop by Shipley's and get me a donut on your way back. <laughs> Cherry filled or bear claws are the preferred flavor. One last thing, the fat kid in me obviously does not like to run, so trust me, if you ever see me running, you don't have time to ask questions. Just try and keep up. Something bad's fixing to happen, and it's time to go. <laughs> we recall from last week's Old Testament lesson that Isaac was married to Rebekah, and they had twins. Before the twins were born, God told them that the elder would serve the younger, the absolute beginning of dysfunction in this family back in the day. Esau was born first, but with Jacob reaching out to grab that ankle to hold on, foreshadowing events that are to come. 
Esau was the favorite of Isaac and Jacob was the favorite of Rebekah. Again, more drama and dysfunction. The pinnacle of events occurred when Jacob tricked Esau into giving him his birthright. And as you can imagine, once Esau figured this out, he wasn't very happy. Jacob was fearful that Esau might try to kill him, so Jacob ran. Jacob left Beersheba, headed towards Haran, a place where he will discover that he is most vulnerable and open to seeing God in new ways. Life takes each of us on that certain somewhere, those journeys between Beersheba and Haran. It's not so much a geographical place as a spiritual place in our life. Searching for God was not the purpose for Jacob's trip. Remember, he was running away from a situation. But in his running, Jacob encounters God unexpectedly. I pray that what happened to Jacob happens to each of us, to be running and for God to just show up. It's now nighttime, and Jacob finds himself in a place of total darkness and unknown. A place of emptiness yet filled with mystery. A place where he can no longer physically see and a place where God dreams are going to lead his way. This place is hard, desolate, and full of stones. Yet Jacob will discover this to become a place of grace. Darkness is upon him and all he can do is stop and attempt to rest for the night. He has reached a point of surrender but not yet a place of giving up. We learn from this that we're able to stop running from our past, to stop running from our life, and most importantly, we learn we can stop running from God. Darkness teaches us that we're not in control of our destiny, that we're not in control of our own life. We are forced to see and hear with new eyes and new ears. We're forced into the vertical, that crossroads between heaven and earth, between our house and the house of God. Now, somehow, Jacob goes to sleep in this environment. I'm not sure I could, but Jacob goes to sleep. He dreams of a ladder, one that ascends all the way up into heaven. There were angels ascending and descending on the ladder, and at the top was the voice of God. This is God telling us that even though the ladder shows us he's in heaven, he is connecting to each of us here on earth. This ladder is the connection between humanity and divinity, a two-way bridge between heaven and earth. Our life on the run keeps us living on the horizontal. Reality and life are limited to the physical universe of time, space, matter, and energy. All too often in our running, we miss the spiritual, the transcendent aspect of life, the vertical. Jacob will soon learn, as will we, that you can run, but you cannot hide. We also learn from this story that God is faithful to his people regardless of our place in life, regardless of our sin, regardless of our running. He is faithful and true and continues to keep his promises. The voice of the Lord from atop this ladder is a renewal of the covenant that God made with Abraham and Isaac. The promise of the Messiah is implicit in this covenant, for in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. God is offering Jacob the same covenant he gave Abraham and Isaac. For Jacob, being the grandson of Abraham wasn't enough. He himself had to have a relationship with God. Being of a family of Christians, 
Going to church, for us, neither is enough. We often run from relationships, and Jacob was running from not one, but two strained relationships. What we refuse to realize, or what we don't ever realize, is that we end up running from the one relationship that heals all others, and that's our relationship with God. This promise, this relationship, reaches across millennia to bring all of us to Christ. A truth that is as marvelous today as it was in the dream to Jacob. Jacob finally wakens and says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. What a statement. Surely the Lord is here, and I didn't know it. I suggest to you today that we're in that state as a church today. God is here. He is present in our lives. Jacob takes the stone that he was sleeping on, that nice comfortable pillow, pours oil on it, and calls it that place Bethel. And he says, if God brings me back here, I'll give him thanks, and I'll always remember this place where I encountered God. Why this stone? Why this place? This is the place where Jacob encountered God. We notice he didn't build an altar. I suggest to each of you that initially he wasn't really sold on this God ladder thing that he had in his dream. Kind of like us, doing just enough to get our ticket on the bus to heaven, but not fully buying in so we don't have to give up that stuff that we like here in life just yet. It's not time. I think that's where Jacob was. He eventually comes around, but not until after another encounter that we read about in Genesis 32. The Lord gets his attention in a much greater fashion this time than in just a dream. In this passage, we find Jacob wrestling with a man until daybreak. When this man is discovered, he can't beat Jacob. He takes a stick and strikes Jacob in the hip and knocks it out of joint. Jacob learns he's battled with God, and he will now be known as Israel, for he has met God face to face, and he has prevailed. How often does God give us dreams or glimpses of the road ahead, of the dangers ahead, before he just knocked the breath out of us for us to see it. If only we would learn to pay better attention to the signs that we see. Jacob was obviously a different individual following this encounter and, and this dream. Before this, he only knew God through story. Now he knows God through experience. Human nature struggles with the idea of a Savior and Lord. People are accustomed to forging their own way, overcoming obstacles by their wit, their talent, their education, their perseverance. Trusting in God and waiting patiently in faith for his will to come to pass is somewhat foreign to natu natural experience. It's only when we trust in Jesus and when we encounter him in a place that it becomes sacred to us. This building on the corner of Upper Bay Road in San Sebastian is a place where we meet God, a very sacred space to us. However, we're not limited to just these brick-and-mortar places to meet God. And you're running around in life, you've discovered other places where you encounter the divine, places where heaven and earth intersect for you. It's in these sacred spaces that we encounter the risen Lord in our life. We don't run in an ideal world. We're faced with decisions to which there may not be a clear answer. We are faced with those dark places filled with mystery. Some of our decisions will be right. Some will be wrong. Others, we won't know if we're right or wrong for months, weeks, years to come. 
We may never know, but we still have to make decisions. In those times, we must recall God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then recall God's covenant to us through Jesus Christ. This gives us the comfort of knowing that when God promises, he never backs out of his promises. In this dream, God was reminding Jacob of the promise. We must continue to run to God in order to escape the darkness, and we should rest our head on God and his promises. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. This ladder appears at every moment in our life, even when we're on the run. These ladders appear not physically, but within our hearts. Humankind is incapable of building a ladder to heaven, either physically or mentally. Only God can provide the ladder to him. To anchor this ladder to the earth, to make heaven accessible to you and I, God sent his son to be born of a woman. Jesus took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient to the death of the cross. He shed his blood for our redemption. No human-made ladder could reach high enough nor far enough. The builders of the Tower of Babel tried to no avail. They, like many, attempt to reach heaven by works and works alone. Jesus did not come to join heaven to earth. He came to separate heaven and earth. Those that attempt to find their way through their own works find the ladder spans an impassable distance. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. The miracle is not that God shows up and we have an encounter with him. This happens each and every day, whether we realize it or not. The miracle comes as the ladder of God is revealed in the lives of fugitives, immigrants, the homeless, the oppressed. In those dark places in our life where the sun has long since set, in the in-between places, as well as in places we would never, ever expect. If you're seeking relief from these or any myriad number of other issues, you've come to the end of your search. Come to Jesus who reveals the Father to us. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. What part of your life is on the run? What are you searching for? What are you running from? It's time to stop running. Find your dark place between Beersheba and Haran. Trust in that sacred space. No matter where your running takes you, the ladder is accessible day and night if you're willing to make the climb. This ladder is Jesus, and it's a part of each one of us. Jesus is our connection between heaven and earth. Through Jacob's dream, God reveals his love, his life, and his connection to us all. We can see that God the Father has given us a ladder to him, a path to life everlasting beyond this earth. This ladder shows Jesus is the way to heaven. It's time to wake up and see the dream has come true. Surely the Lord is in this place, and now I know it. Amen.